0: American Podcast. Blurry Photos is America's daring, highly trained special mystery force. David, David are loaded for adventure in the Pun Runner. Oh no! My darling Alex Jones, we have captured the Davids. It's time to blow the lid off, you two! But here comes Chemtrail, riding high in the Layliner Action Jet. Oh. Chemtrail!
1: you next time,
0: Blurry Photos! Pun Runner comes with Flora. Layliner Action jet comes with Ken Trail. Mount Paranoia placet comes with Alex Jones. Stecco and misinformation sold separately. Blurry Photos! Blurry, blurry Photos! Blurry American, blurry podcast. American Podcast! Meanwhile, at the Blurry Photos debunker. Looks like there's trouble brewing on Oak Island. Then I'll ride right into action on the HP Lovercraft. And I'll take the Sandhill Crane Plane! Those Info-Warriors won't know what hit them. The Info-Warriors are led by Alex Jones' top henchman, Bashar. Here come the Davids! It's time to unleash CETATION devastation!
1: Looks like your destructive dolphins are all washed up, Bashar. Not so fast,
0: Davids! Crypto Twins attack! Here come the Crypto Twins, Rod and Orb, in the Eschatology. What's all this, then, I? We're from Ireland. Firing moth missiles. Oh no, I'm hit! Which one of you shot down Flora? Doesn't matter. As long as it gets its taste. Time to fire the dagon ray gun.
1: Thanks for the help. I thought they
0: had me in a nutshell. But they're getting away in the Illuminatus. That's okay. We'll get them next time. Sandhill Craneplane comes with Thunderbird. David Floor. HP Lovercraft comes with Arkham Action. David Stecker. Illuminautilus comes with Bashar. Crypto Twins and Eschatology sold separately. <laughs> Stecker. <laughs>
1: Got a whole line coming out. Oh man. In action,
0: our In action figures. <laughs> <laughs>
1: with Barkle Lounger action. <laughs> with laptop editing action. <laughs> oh, hey everybody.
0: The Netflix Saturdays playset. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
1: Now now with HBO GoGo action. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David Flora. Well, I'm
0: David Stecko. This
1: is Blurry Photos, a real American podcast. That's right. But we welcome people from all over the world yeah, to be, join in.
0: It's only America that allows us to be this crass. <laughs> in any other country, would be in jail by now. <laughs> what was that one that we
1: had? Yemen? We had Yemen. Yeah, we got, we got some we Yemen. We got a download from Yemen. From a Yemeni. We'd definitely be in jail for that.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, no sh**. <laughs> The guy who downloaded it is in jail. Sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. Mm. Mm. My bad. <laughs> my bad, dog. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to buy all of our action playsets. Special thanks to my girlfriend, Annie,
1: for supplying the voice of misinformation. We appreciate
0: that. Thank you. I, I
1: wish we could make action figures of ourselves. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm not above it. You know what? I'm going to make a real doll
0: of myself. We, we might. We we. There's that toy store that's just down the street. Here's a four. Here's a 400 pound uh, mold injected rubber Dave Stecco, with interchangeable genitalia. 400 pounds. <laughs> those things, I'm I'm told those things are super heavy. I just barely got the I'm told out there before I ratted myself out.
1: <laughs> we should. Uh, I mean, I did it with Lego <laughs> figures. We could find the figures and and paint them up. Oh
0: yeah, we we'll do it. The hard thing is modeling on the gut, because they don't make an action figure with a belly. (laughs) Uh,
1: We got a good episode for you. Yeah,
0: we got a great episode for you. I think we got some fun stuff lined up. Two things we know you like. One, cryptids two Scottish accents. Oh, goodness. And we're bringing it back. This is our core demographic, people. This is our bailiwick. It's our wheelhouse. It's where we get shit done. Wow.
1: Wheel in the sky <laughs> keeps on turning. And so,
0: without further ado. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: A dinner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this week we are talking about The Gray Man of Bane McDo.
0: Oh, Bane. 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. What is that? Oh, my gosh. Who is the gray man? Yeah, what what is, is the gray, the gray man? man? How where, long? Wait,
0: where is the gray man? How
1: long has it been around? Where is the gray man? What? Where? When?
0: How? <laughs> Why? What and what could this thing be? <laughs> oh, man. You're in for it. We're all in for yeah. it. It's a guy named uh, Ewan McClagan. Mystery solved. Thanks for tuning in. Good Sorry night, everybody. We're just getting shorter and shorter. GI uh, Joe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's let's set the scene for this thing. The Grayman. Oh, the,
0: the, the Grayman. Like, uh, and the scene, I, I I'll tell you what, I think the scene is as important a player as the actor in this. Absolutely. Also a
1: place I would be willing to go. Yeah. Uh Sounds so awesome.
0: uh Ben Macdui is the second tallest mountain on the British Isle. It's in northern Scotland and uh it's part of the the Incomprehensible Range. Uh, what, what how do you pronounce that im Cairngorms? Well, there you go. That's- <laughs> Look at it in writing and see how far you get with
1: Cairngorm. Cairngorms. It's a it's a eastern mountain range in the Highlands of Scotland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is super tall. It is it's, above the timberline. No right. trees. It's very foggy, very mist-shrouded. A uh, lot of snow. In, in all of these all the the accounts of it this this inability to see very far plays into it mm. hugely. Mm.
1: Yeah. And uh, and just to throw some numbers at you the a 15,
0: p- 72, 19. You just get picked Mark three it. numbers. Market. Yeah. <laughs> Do we just become a number station? Right. <laughs> right,
1: uh, in it, right in the margins of your Bible.
0: Boop. I like the sound. I like the 17, 22, 86, 14, 12. Boop. I like the sun. Boop. That was a well, really... We did it. We did it. <laughs> we, Remember get...
1: that, everybody? Okay. We're straight from the Wikipedia page, apparently. <laughs> oh. F*** you.
0: <laughs> all right. Flora um... gets mad at a listener.
1: <laughs> I didn't even listen to it. I know. We'll tell you that story later when you're older. <laughs> uh, all right. So here's some numbers. The 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 peak itself... <laughs> Such a good invective f you. <laughs> it made me mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that on a supplemental someday right. or something. Anyways, thirteen hundred meters tall is is how tall uh, Bane McDew is. And for uh for our f- friends and families friends and families, uh it's four thousand three hundred feet
0: mm-hmm. roundabouts. They call that a mountain?
1: uh Bane McDoo. now we've we've seen it pronounced a couple of different ways Bane McDo or Ben mcdewey I I think that's just like regional accenting It could be I that's mean that's what I think So some of the some of the stuff I I listened to everybody was saying Ben McDuey and then some some stuff I read someone's like it's pronounced McDo. So we're going we're going we're gonna to yeah. give you both versions
0: Yeah that's and, right and cuz you're worth it
1: There you go and then you can complain about the number station episode You, you deserve it this mountain range is uh, low and rounded mountains. Mm-hmm. Very old. That's that's one of the characteristics of it. Good for hiking. Good for hiking, wildlife, sightseeing, skiing mm-hmm. in some parts. And that's all despite the extreme conditions that are going on there. Yep. And, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of times this very thick fog that blankets the Cairngorms. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really hard to say if you're just reading and just putting it out there.
1: With all the stuff that's uh, that goes on with them, there might be something that makes people hesitate to plan that's a right. holiday.
0: Well, it is a, it is it is literally shrouded in yes. mystery.
1: <laughs> uh, stories have been floating around for over a
0: hundred years.
1: Yeah, of a being which lurks near the top of
0: Bain McDo. approximately the height of three men. Ooh. That's an 18-footer. Mm-hmm. And, and there are various descriptions that have been put forth, but most
1: of them include this uh, tall humanoid or, or, or creature mm-hmm. that's humanoid-shaped. Bipedal. And along with this, this tallness, very fuzzy, gray. Yeah.
0: Short hair. Short hair. Sometimes described
1: as that, like hair like a horse. Maybe, yeah. And sometimes brown, some, but mostly gray. Mm-hmm. And uh, and not very many features that are visible through the fog.
0: No, the, and the, one of the one of the really fun things about this this mystery cryptid entity is that you you have to use the word encounters because you don't necessarily always get a sighting Ooh. to have a story. Like there there is a, there are a lot of of reports that don't involve ever laying eyes on it. Correct. Which is cool. <laughs> which is also creepy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and with with these experiences you get this overwhelming sense of dread. Yeah. Or or maybe some disembodied sounds or footprints that appear out of nowhere that follow the witnesses. Yeah, and I mean lots you, of different things.
0: You you think about this, you're you're hiking in a very very uh uh desolate area. There's no trees again, you're above tree line. Mhm. Um, there's very limited visibility. There's kind of fog and mist swirling around you. It's cold. You're crunching through snow and gravel. And if you're, you're out on your own, I mean, man, talk about like a paradolia playground. Yeah, I mean, yeah. your, your brain is like, I can't see much. I can't hear much.
1: Here's what I'm giving you. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I don't, I think it just takes the slight, you know, that, like that feeling of dread. I mean, it would take this, you know, it's, it's just like when you're walking home at night and you're fine. And then like that little blip of that one horror movie or that one yeah. scary story. And then all of a sudden you're like. Ugh. All of a sudden you've got a
1: cocktail that you just. Yeah. 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 You're just like, oh, geez. Like, Wait a minute. I've only had one of these and I'm on my ass.
0: <laughs> you're, it doesn't take much to start your brain down that path. And nope. when you're in a situation like that and these 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 mountains are kind of, they're beautiful, but there's like a bleakness to them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of everything's gray and a desolation. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's, it's so easy for, for your mind to go to that place there with, with very little provocation, let alone the fact that there's a very real provocation (laughs) running the muck.
1: I mean, and and we can talk about this later, but no, just no uh, doors shut. Yeah. Here we go. Uh,
0: (laughs) the denial episode, you know, it's funny. No. No. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing
1: is. Uh, and I was going to say, it's the same thing that happens when I'm sitting here at the computer and I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to talk about uh, next week? You know what? Let's let's look at abandoned subways. Oh, yeah. And then I start watching videos and I'm like, you know what? Let's play some Diablo instead. Right. Oh, yeah. Because my back's to the door.
0: <laughs> You've got to cleanse the palate. Because yeah. once that worm gets into your head, like you'll just you'll be like, uh, even ignoring it, it like it still is growing in a part of your oh, head. Yeah. Like you have to just wipe it out. Yeah.
1: And uh, then you walk into the kitchen, and you turn right before you turn the light on, you you think you see something black and slinky just slide behind the stove. Happened to me the other night, dude. Happened to me the other night. Oh. So weird. It was like this black shadowy weasel just slid behind the stove
0: uh, just over the top, like schlorp. those things, like those little shadows out of the corner of your mind. I, as I've mentioned before, I, I work in an art auction house and we get um, sculptures and statues or a bust uh, placed up on a, a pillar. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to work last night. I was, I was there till late. Sometimes things happen and then we have to work there. Really late. And I was there like I was by myself uh, in this enormous building full of things And it's like eleven o'clock. Old things, too. Yeah, and it's eleven o'clock, and I keep having to walk through this room that has a bust uh, on a on a plinth. It's you know, and the when all is said and done, the thing's maximum. It heights out at about like six foot six, but out of the corner of my eye, I just kept thinking there was someone because it's right up against a pillar, and it was only partially visible, and it just kept looking like someone leaning over to watch (laughs) me. And man. I, it was so hard to stay there and work because it's a big old building. It makes a lot of weird noises. Yeah. And, and man, it just over and over. Ah, you know, you turn it because you just, it just looked just like someone leaning around a pillar to watch <laughs> me. Oh, it was Do you know torturous. who it was? Who who the bust is? I don't care to know. I assume all busts to be that of palace perched upon my chamber door. <laughs> That's better. When I, I, was just gonna, I was just going to go with Napoleon a, <laughs>
1: Palace is much better.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I should find out for as many times as it freaked me out. But yeah, once that gets into your head, and I think I think that it will get out never more. Oh, and I think that you run into a similar but outdoor situation, and I, you're isolated and you're exposed. There's there's no there's nowhere to hide. You're yeah. just out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if something comes walking along... Oh,
1: uh, because of this description of it, it's been dubbed, am Fairly Amour, which uh, basically translates as the big gray man or the great gray man.
0: Fairly More, living in northern Scotland, la, na, na, na
1: And I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, I'm Fairly More," the big gray man, the big grayman. Grayman. The grayman. The grayman. Uh let's tell you about the history of the sightings of this thing w- where where this legend comes from. Yeah. There's little to nothing in terms of references of the greyman past the late 1700s. Yeah. Uh and even then he's not not really uh, directly mentioned um because there was this poem by James Hogg who was a, a Scottish poet uh who alluded to some kind of creature in the Cairngorms uh but it 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 may not be the the gray man at all.
0: Right. And as we've covered in six different ways, no shortage of folklore and mythical creatures to be found in the British Isles. Right. They're Chalk, full Chalk. Yeah. fool You can I mean, buy, I... you can buy pixie dicks in a grocery store up there, man. Like it's. <laughs> Prixies. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll come back to Mr. Hogg
1: later. Uh, or if, if I remember Uh, The classic account of the Grayman comes to us from a 1925 speech to the Cairngorn Club, which is a mountaineering club that's still in existence. And it was given by Professor Norman Colley, who was a British scientist and mountaineer, because I think back then everybody was a mountaineer. Yeah. Crowley was a mountaineer.
0: Everyone was into devil worship and mountaineering. (laughs) those are the two greatest pan sexually yeah. mountaineering um yeah, sex cults <laughs> mountaineering and, and devil
1: worship and uh secret society and secret societies,
0: which is just a way to aggregate all of those things
1: it's true it's true uh but this guy norman collie he was he was pretty well respected as both scientist and mountaineer
0: oh man professor norman collie are you referring to yes do you mean uh, the professor of chemistry, Norman Colley? That's the one. That's the one. The member of the Royal Society. He's British. Uh, the member of the Royal Geographic Society? Same one. Wait, do you mean the president of the Alpine Club? Well, he was. What about the 1921 Everest Committee? I think so, yes. So this guy's just some yahoo who fell off a turnip truck.
1: Yeah. Basically is what I'm boiling down to. <laughs> so... This account comes from an experience that he had in 1891. Okay, so this is a little bit earlier. He's just yep. given. He's just talking about it in 1925. Finally found the strength. You going to read this? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. You, you, you got to be British, dude. How British? Uh, I would say like
0: um, <laughs> proper British, a uh, uh, professor British uh, on a scale of. Uh... Colin Firth to Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. How British are we? Talking? It's called the Firth I... Van Dyke scale. <laughs> uh,
1: I think it. it this one's going to top out at about a Hugh Grant. Oh, okay. On on the Firth Van Dyke scale,
0: that's pretty low. On the Firth Van Dyke screen. Really? Like I thought it was I thought it was past like the midpoint. Oh no, no, no. I think I think that like Hugh Grant is like the next tick above Colin Firth. Oh. Yeah.
1: Well f that. Uh
0: and and, and if and the, the converse, one tick below no. Dick Van Dyke is Michael Kane. <laughs> and you work towards no, the middle.
1: I, I would say I would say Van Dyke's on the bottom, because his name is on there, and then you get Michael Kane. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like then you get Gary Oldman. Have you heard of him? talk in real life no gary oldman's three from the bottom <laughs> good good to know i love gary oldman to death but he's three from the bottom what Do you mean the
0: bottom i think the top because i think the most thickest just crusty old paintbrush of a of an accent all we, right we have Whatever. a lot of work to do Whatever. on the, yeah. the first scale.
1: we gotta n- nail this thing
0: down but okay so so all right we, so
1: not hugh grant
0: yeah Hugh Grant, because those are like the Not charming British, thing. where it's like, well, oh, hello, my name's Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, it's... But
1: what about, what, what the f*** is Colin Firth,
0: then? Colin Firth also has a very charming English accent. That's why they're at the bottom of the scale. It's like <sighs> the least English Where accent. does John Cleese lie in this? I think he's, uh, I think he's the, the median. Okay. I think okay. he's dead in the middle. Okay. Terry Gilliam below him, less of an accent. Eric Idle. Above him, please write in. Uh, write in British people and where you think they fall on the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Firth- Van Dyke scale. scale.
1: How about how about an Anthony Hopkins? Can we do? Do you, do you pretty, want to hit pretty that pretty on? Low. I
0: think he's pretty low on it. See, your
1: low is my high, though. I'm, yeah, I've got mine turned upside down. But
0: since I invented it, I'm declaring that the low scores are for like the most genteel of accents, and the high scores, like, oh, you know who's like. A like uh a nine point nine, like almost at the top of the Van Dyke scale, is Eliza Doolittle's father from My Fair Lady. Okay.
1: Uh how about you hit hit us with an Eric Idol, Dan? Oh, okay. Give us an Eric Idol read.
0: You son of a bitch. That's a tough one. Well, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it.
1: All right, sorry, sorry. So we we got to okay. set the mood back here. Yeah. Go, um,
0: okay. So so
1: this is this is Professor Norman Colley here. Uh, this is his. This is the first,
0: pretty much the world's first account of the old Grayman. And uh, since I have to idle this, there's a part of me that wants to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was returning from a can on the summit in the mist. <laughs>
1: That's actually pretty good. I um, think Eric Idle just switched places with Terry. G-
0: <laughs> come on. All right. All right. I've keep going. I've never done an Eric Idle in my life. That's a pretty good first it's pretty swing. Good.
1: It's pretty good. It's better than I could do.
0: I was returning from a can.
1: All right. Hang on. Hang on, Paul oh, this- Hogan. Hang on.
0: Let's try. this. <laughs> well, can is a hard word in any- A can. Can. Oh, I was returning from a can on the summit in the mist when I began to think- <laughs> Yep. Paul Hogan. I in. can't do it on purpose. How's this happening? <laughs> all right, f it. I'm doing my own. All right, all right, sorry. I was returning from a cane on a summit in the mist when I began to think I heard something other than the things of my own footsteps. For every few steps I took, I heard a crunch and then another crunch, as if someone was walking after me, but taking footsteps three to four times the length of my own. I says to myself, this is all nonsense. I listened, and I heard it again, but could see nothing in the mist. As I walked on, and the weary crunch, crunch sounded behind me. I was seized with terror, and I took to my heels, staggering blindly among the boulders, for four or five miles, nearly down to the Rothy Marcus forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know, but there's something very queer to top of Ben McDoey. And I'll not go there again by myself. I oh know. I'll take it. That's great. Thank God. That was. That's th- great. Yeah. Uh, and
1: that so, was the
0: only account that, that anyone ever account. had. And
1: people were uh, apparently pretty skeptical about this guy's story,
0: which is crazy. This guy's got cred falling out of his um, Gloucester boots. <laughs> He's got cred falling out of his Dover cliffs. That's right. <laughs>
1: his church sure dropsies. <laughs> um, yeah, uh according to a few different and and unconnected sources though, the story that that he told was retold to them the same way each time. And so it, it's he he never said he saw a gray figure, which mm-hmm. is which is one thing, which is interesting. This is uh definitely about the the whole experience, you know, that that goes on with it without actually seeing anything. But, uh, I mean, according to everybody who who knew him at all, they trusted him.
0: Yeah. And it seems, I I don't know, like, it seems kind of dickish to not believe this story. And I'll tell you why. He makes no outlandish claims. Mm. I mean, it's functionally a story saying, I was out for a hike and I freaked myself out. Bad enough that I don't want to go back there alone. Like, (laughs) I I got the heebies. Yeah. I heard this sound. I couldn't explain it. Um, And I, I felt, you know, it's like sometimes you go up, the, oh, this is the worst. You go up a set of wooden stairs that creak, but it takes the second for the stair to pop back up. Mm. So you, as you go up the stair, it sounds like there's someone like two stairs yeah, behind you. Yeah. That's the worst. You know, it's like it, this is a completely believable story. I 100% believe that this happened. Sure. I'm not saying that like he was chased by a third 18-foot gray man, right. but like he clearly got freaked out. He heard something he couldn't explain. He couldn't figure out what was happening and and hightailed it out of there.
1: Yep. Now, we do have another account that comes from a Peter Dinsham, who was a rescue worker on the mountain during World War II and he reported one day waiting for Conditions to approve on the mountain uh, that he started hearing crunching noises, possibly in the snow, and suddenly felt a presence nearby. When he got up to see what it was, he was gripped by this unexplainable panic and he started running down the mountain and basically towards a cliff. And he, later, he said I tried to stop myself and found this extremely difficult to do. It was as if someone was pushing me. I managed to deflect my course but with a great deal of difficulty. Huh. So, he he didn't run off a cliff, but according to him, it was hard to not run off a cliff.
0: That's weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's another account that we that we get. That's around World War II. Got another one here in 1958. There was another mountaineer named Alexander Tunyon who relayed a story to the magazine The Scots.
0: <laughs> the official magazine of, of Scotland. Scotland. <laughs>
1: You've never read a magazine <laughs> until you read The Scots.
0: Oy. Dear, have you read Have you read The New Scots? Oh no, I haven't been home yet. Did what are you, <laughs> f***ing <laughs> I usually just skip straight to the bar fight section yeah.
1: It comprises three-fourths of the magazine each, So then I didn't have to skip very
0: much each, each issue has a two-page list of <laughs> <laughs> The following people are c***s <laughs> 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 what a great magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Scots. Sign just, me up. And the, every cover is just a puffy-faced person looking up from a bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a bit far. That was a bit hurtful towards people. Retract. I par- yeah. Retract. Yeah. Heartful towards people I care to be around. I'd like so, to move there. So this- uh... I want to be the puffy-faced man <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> at pub.
1: This, uh, this story that, <laughs> that uh, got to the
0: Scots magazine went as follows. In October 1943, I spent a 10 day leave climbing alone in the Cairngorms. One afternoon, just as I reached the summit cairn of Ben McDewey, mist swirled across the Larry Grew and enveloped the mountain. The atmosphere became dark and oppressive. A fierce, bitter wind whisked among the boulders, and an odd sound echoed through the mist. A loud footstep, it seemed. Then another. Then another. I am not unduly imaginative, but my first thought flew instantly to the well-known story of Professor Colley and the Fairleth Moor. Then I felt the reassuring weight of the loaded revolver in my pocket. My ah, sweet, sweet Gladys. Oh, <laughs> so glad you're with me. And much like my, my own Gladys, grasping the butt, Appeared about in the mist, rent and tattered by the eddies of wind. A strange shape loomed up, receded, and then charging at me. Without hesitation, I whipped out the revolver and fired three times at the figure. When it still came on, I turned and hailed down the path, reaching Glendary in a time that I've never bettered. You may ask, was it really the Fairleaf Moor? Frankly, I think it was. Many times since then I've traversed McDwey in the mist, bivouacked out in the open, camped on its summit for days on end on different occasions, often alone and always with an easy mind, for on that day I'm convinced I shot the only fairleth more my imagination'll ever see. Excuse me while I put my giant penis back under me kilt because I'm a tough bastard, I shoots at things. <laughs> With sweet, sweet gladness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. Actually got <laughs> yeah.
0: shot at. I love this guy. He's like, well, this is getting spooky. Time to ease the hammer back on my pocket full of justice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time to even the playing field. I thought
0: nobody had guns in.
1: <laughs> in anywhere but America? Right. Mm.
0: In anywhere. In anywhere.
1: So other sightings and run-ins continued. Including uh, a writer named Wendy Wood, who claimed to have heard uh, a voice of gigantic resonance, reminiscent of Gaelic, on the mountain. You're a d- <laughs> <Wendy>. Wow,
0: <laughs> I'm just really going to the, the I'm going strong in the paint with the. C- and <laughs> the f- <laughs> Is that is that, is that Gaelic just, for you? Is yeah. that just somebody just yelling at Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh,
1: and then she heard footsteps following her. Apparently,
0: this footsteps thing, man. Ooh,
1: footsteps. Oh, uh, there was Ooh. also <laughs> huh, 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 huh. Uh, there was also a another mountaineer who was on uh, a nearby mountain. Not even uh, Bain McDo, who heard footsteps behind him, and then he turned to see a large figure shrouded in mist. With pointy ears,
0: long legs, and long talons on its feet. Now, mm. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to gloss over this because I want everyone to take a moment and imagine that. That you're, you're hiking, not a lot around, a lot of mist. You think you hear like footsteps behind you and you turn around <laughs> and like 15 feet behind you, there is a thing yeah. that has been staring at the back of your head. And following you. With long ears, long talons, That's That's why I always hike with Gladys in my pocket. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, F***ing A-right, that guy just drew and started firing.
1: (laughs) In the 90s, I read an account that tells of three men.
0: Oh, yeah, in a nearby area. Was it Aberdeen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They saw a creature, apparently, with an inhuman face in a forest near the mountain. Yep. And uh, this is interesting. A few weeks later, same guys, whilst driving one night, said that it appeared by their car running alongside it and keeping pace with them as they drove.
0: Driver, there's something (laughs) on the door of the car. Something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Scottish Shatner. So, so the
1: men reported also a sense of terror along with it. I mean, we doy, you know, if if right. if you see you know some some hairy thing with a, an inhuman face that's Hauling running ass along at
0: 45 miles per right. hour, yeah, yeah. sense yeah. of
1: terror, check.
0: Now, right. here's my question to you, though, Flora. You're driving the car. Keep in mind, you're on the other side. Okay, so you're right next to the side of the road. You're the driver, and this thing's like pacing you. Do you turn the wheel away from the the, the thing, or you're like, "fuck it, dude." Seventies car j- car chase, er- punk, and just just doink him.
1: I would probably speed up first, and if he kept pace,
0: donk. Nice. No, all fight, no flight. Sure. Well, I guess flight then fight. Well, yeah. All
1: right. Yeah.
0: Or or uh, now this is the high risk, high reward. Okay, you ready for this one? You get you you like, get just like five feet past them, throw your door open and then hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> I don't yeah. want my door open yeah. with that thing. That's true because because <laughs> man, if that doesn't kill it, yep, you're. F- <laughs> <laughs>
1: You'll be reading about me in scott's Magazine.
0: <laughs> Top be, of the list. F- <laughs> yep. Now here's a tale of a stupid (laughs) with an automobile and a problem with a monster. Seems he got it into his head. Oh, the best way to stop the monster is to to lap him in the car. (laughs) 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 C**t! All right, so... And now how to press a wild puppy. (laughs)
1: what happened to these guys is uh, evidently they they kept driving and the thing got tired and and gave up so <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, i'm sorry what's our <laughs> count at this point oh well, it's it's a high <laughs> count um but uh, even even today there are still uh witness accounts of of the old grayman oh yeah we have a couple for you yep uh, I don't know if this account is from a, a Scottish uh, lass, mm. but um, I'm, I'm going to read it as if it were.
0: Okay, I mean, she. You going to read it like a girl? Mm, not like a girl, like a dude. Yeah, could be Welsh. Could could be Manchester. Could have a Manc accent. Could be North England. Eric Idle listing motherfucker. <laughs> Feel good about yourself now. Uh yeah, let's go with uh. Let's see. I'm, I'm, Wait, I'm, when did we decide that you're choosing what
1: I'm? You choose well, mine. I didn't choose your. You listed fifteen and had an upside down scale. I had to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did all those things. All right. I'm brilliant. Listen, you don't. Shall I do you, this you, one in Paul Hogan? You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't mock the, the Firth Van Dyke scale. <laughs> It's brilliant.
1: It mocks itself.
0: Uh, it's oh built in to mock. You know what? I mean, I guess if you were so inclined, you could send it in. It doesn't matter. I'm making a t-shirt that has a fully calibrated Firth Van Dyke scale. Whatever. With British great. accents. What am I reading this in? How am I doing this? Oh, um, it's easy. British Christopher Walken. Go.
1: No. What? I'm not going to do British Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Hey, England! <laughs> I'm doing it for the Queen. Uh, this is a long story, so yeah. just just a British accent, a British accent, <sighs> Scottish if you prefer. All right, I'm going to do it in Scottish. Okay, because like, like a really flavorful accent it would be too much. Because this is a long, this is a long it's, story. It's long, yeah. It's it's, it's too. Juicy. I was for the record, I was going to have you do like. Lord Chauncey Hesperdale of the uh, the African Adventurers Club. <laughs> 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 Ripping tail bully, bully, bully. Bully. Bully, not, not six months ago that I from the Savage <laughs> people they <were>. <laughs> <laughs> They're also capable of internal combustion. Okay, <laughs> 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 right, go. Oh. Enough dicking around.
1: It was a black night when we were pitching up in the Cairngorms and since we arrived late we pitched it by flashlight among the pines and gales somehow even at that time I felt some trepidation warning me we were so far away from everyone else and this was really a wild sight the comfort of knowing another tent was somewhere nearby with an air encouraged us to continue Boy, was it cold. And I was aware of just how dark it was. And it crossed my mind that it wasn't too comfortable. Despite this, we went into the tent, got
0: into our Season 3 sleeping bags, vital for this environment. It's so nice that the sleeping bags made it to Season 3. So few of them get out of Season 2. It's like they retool it, they hire new writers, and nobody gives a And as it was
1: our tradition, On this holiday, I started reading a few true ghost stories from my book of truths. I was just partway through a ghost story about Anthony Quinn (laughs) when suddenly I stopped reading altogether. The reason was the strangest of noises from just at the front of our pitch, somewhere on the other side of the car. It sounded like a transistor radio gone mad. Or some sort of walkie-talkie, but it also sounded guttural. Almost musical, but bestial at the same time. Haunting, frightening, weird, fascinating, and sort of primitive was the impression I got. A bit psychotic, maybe? Maybe. Probably wild and untamed was more a factual feeling. The whole area felt filled with these emotions and impressions, and also, I could perceive a presence, powerful and strong, but also hostile, bestial, wild, like a big
0: presence of an animal or a half man. So wait, brief question. As this person, sitting in a tent, hearing the squelching radio sound, fills in all these details, is it possible that they are Professor X? because there's a lot of information being felt in here from hearing one sound a lot of emotional context I'm just saying she's painting with all the colours of the wind here The Scottish not, I'm not entirely certain anyone handed her a brush that's it, C- continue
1: didn't ask me how I knew this was the way it was I just perceived it it was so tangible I can experience it again now just with the recall of the event
0: also using your giant cerebro computer it fits over your head to amplify your abilities.
1: The other part of this perception was the sensation of attention right at us. Like a laser glaring at us as if it could see through the tent. And it was angry, male, and somewhat mad. The noise continued, but it also sounded animalistic, like an animal or bird was making it. My friend was frozen to the spot. We both stared at each other wide-eyed. She said, Oh my God, we were whispering by now. I said, I think I better stop telling this story. It felt I was drawing attention to it. I turned the light off quickly. It seemed the best thing to do. As I was aware, it would illuminate the tent, making us visible outside, and I felt we were under threat. There was a feeling of panic. Terror, if you like. I didn't feel terrified so much as alarmed. Hackles risen, listening to the bizarre sound. My friend whispered, I think it could be geese
0: flying overhead.
1: Yes, it, it did sound a bit like that, the rhythmic musical squawk. But again, it didn't sound like that. I lived for many years in an area where Canada geese would fly
0: over every year.
1: Obviously, I'm probably not Scottish, but we'll leave that behind.
0: Well, it's upstate New York is where (laughs) Professor Xavier's Academy for Exceptional Children is. It's it's in New York.
1: Canada geese would fly over every year. That was orderly, rhythmic, patterned. It would fade in as they passed nearer, then away into the distance. This sound tonight was more a guttural sound mixed with musical, rhythmic pulse, but stopping, then starting, fading in and out, and worse (laughs) still, it was near, approaching until it was right next to the tent, I'd say, behind the car, then slowly moving around the car, and over the tent, where it stayed, sounding as if it were standing about ten feet over the top of the tent, and that eagle stare at the tent, at us, Boring into our space and right at us. Powerful and with that primitive, raggedy flow or, or vibration as my friend described it. We sat and whispered. My friend said she heard footsteps, which I did too. Right at her, she said it, I heard it. Soons that to me resembled a big man. Footsteps following the path of the guttural, musical noise above our tents stamping around the car to my side of the tent until it must have been within feet of our heads. She grabbed her mobile phone and I told her to turn it on and just hold it, which she did. Eventually, after the light was out, it seemed to become placated. The eagle glare like that of the eye of Sauron seemed to turn off us and its gaze seemed to sweep away. I jumped up and secured our tent door shut with a pathetic lone peg, as if that would stop it, right? I thought this animal, or manimal, Thursdays on UPN, or whatever it was, seemed powerful, like it could just have entered our tent or slashed it up whenever it felt like it, but I had to make the gesture. For whatever reason, we felt it pass. I feel sleepy, but unknown to me, my friend lay in her sleeping bag, grasping her mobile phone in both hands for some hours. Next day, we woke to a beautiful campsite, high above the hills, distant vistas of the forest and the mountain. Couldn't be calmer. However, I just knew something had happened that night. Was not an escaped nutter out to find a victim? I didn't think so, somehow. It seemed something wilder than that, more primitive. I mulled what it could be over and over in my mind and thought, is this an ancient burial site from primeval times? Are there cairns here? Ancient monuments? Is it is it sacred? Are we insulting it by defiling its territory with our presence? I asked the lady in the campsite what she knew of the history of the area, but I was deliberately vague and didn't tell her at all what had occurred or my thoughts just mentioned we thought we heard someone prowling around our tent and a weird noise that turned out to be geese. The more I thought about this as the reason the more absurd it seemed. That wasn't (laughs) geese. She didn't know much but she said it was very historic. So did we encounter the grey man that night? Climb down from his mountain peak. Somehow far fetched as it seems, I do believe this to be so.
0: That was an amazing adventure of Professor X. <laughs> that was I uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you my red flag in that story is just that like like you boil it down, you hear a sound, mm-hmm. and then there was like these florid descriptions of everything that's happening, but which I get that. Like if you can I mean, like, that's one of the the worst things about camping is that you're in a tent. You're you can't see anything. It's what's what made Blair Witch so scary. Right. But there's just like this thinnest thing in the world. Like you're not protected. Right. You're just blinded. Yeah. And I get like I get that. Like I wish that this story has been said, oh, it made me feel like all these things. But what they did instead was like I just tapped into the ethereal psychic essence of the area and could tell, like, like it knew where it was looking. And yeah, then, there's,
1: yeah, well, that
0: was. I, I get the feeling, like I think that that is something that happened, and like really spooked him. I think that was real, and I think that person may have told that story a lot of times. Maybe the,
1: the, it was written too yeah. in a forum. So, yeah, uh, obviously you can you can turn yourself into F. Scott Fitzgerald at that point. And I wish and this whatever. person had?
0: I was bored of how rich we all were. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, if
1: there's some repository of modern day Grayman account encounters that someone knows about, please send it our way. We'd be happy to read a better one. But um, that's what I've found. Yeah. In a in a a, f- a lone forum forest. <laughs> so. Let's uh let's go on and just talk about uh what the hell this thing could be. Yeah, How about that.
0: Now I heard uh I I, had a, I, I I like the I'm gonna drop a science card on this because I really, I, I have a a love hate relationship with like the scientific explanations for a lot of the stuff we talk about because sometimes it seems like it's really facile like. Like, oh, well, you know, sometimes there's uh, pressure inversions and they can create uh, a shimmering illusion. Like, really? When does that ever fucking happened? You know, <laughs> like they're like these kind of lamer than the truth scientific explanations. Hmm. But this one I really cared for. So this is a high altitude environment with no trees um, and a lot of fog. So a couple of things you're going to get is one like weird sound amplification, weird sound effects in a fog bank. Um, It's weird how that affects it. Yeah. Like you, you noises are very hard to locate. Um, everything seems to be just coming from nebulously around you. Yeah. Um, and also light is very diffuse, Hmm. but one interesting thing is given the altitude of this, uh, this, this mountain. That the this uh, it was pointed out that like the sun hitting is actually coming not from above but uh, from a much lower angle. Yeah. And so anything that is, uh, so first of all you get um, the, this noise amplification, but also shadows are pr- are very elongated because yep. the the light's hitting objects at a low angle, and so it's things might seem bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. But what's making the shadow, flora? That's the thing, even with the science, like there's, there, there has to be a thing happening. There has to be a speck of dust for this snowflake to form around. (laughs) And so even with these, like you can see how, how something could seem bigger than it would be how the, the acoustics of it's, you know, like you can't quite see it, but you can hear it everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, those things would make sense if there was someone running around and hectoring you. Well, but like there's, there still has to be something out there. Doing something, you know, there's something that the that, that's casting the shadow. Something's making the sound. So I, I I I like that because there's there's reasons. Oh, and haloing. I'm sorry. Also, anything silhouetted might seem larger or furry because of the light refracting through the the mist, and mm-hmm. you get kind of a blurred edge to things. But then it you still the light still has to hit something, and these people are all traveling alone. Right. Right. Um and yeah. so I think that's pretty cool.
1: The the effect that uh, that you're describing is is uh, referred to as the Brocken inspector. And this is uh this is straight up just usually what people these days are assuming is what's going on. The Brocken inspector is uh, it's it's an effect <laughs> that's that was first discovered by a guy named Johann Silberschlag. <laughs>
0: that's a good one.
1: And in uh 1780 in Germany, he he observed this effect from the uh, Brocken Peak in the Harz Mountains in northern Germany. It's and and like you said, when you're when you're on a mountain and and the sun gets lower than you are basically, or on oh, the same yeah. level. Uh, and usually these things, people are seeing their own shadow, so it's it's hitting them, or or let's say you, it's hitting you, and then you turn around and and you see into this fog. And you see, you're seeing your own shadow in there, but it's it's refracted. Everything is just sort of elongated and kind of weirdly uh, diffused. And then, if the sun is just right, you get this this halo or, or what they call a glory. Uh, it's it's a a halo of light that refracts around basically your your noggin on the shadow. Yeah, but it's real creepy. It's real real weird looking. It scared people for a long time. Yeah. Uh, until this guy observed this and then, uh, decided to be like, Hey, you know what? (laughs) You're all idiots. (laughs) This is what this is. Also,
0: this is my boomstick. (laughs) What does he call them? Primitive pinheads?
1: Primitive something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shop smart. Shop S smart. (laughs) But, um, James Hogg, uh, witnessed this and actually, uh, wrote about it, not in a poem, but, uh, was scared by one of these Brock inspectors and, and left some sheep on the on the hill uh, and then came back up the next day to get the sheep and saw this, this shadow again. But then before he ran away in, in terror, he took his hat off and scratched his head and the shadow did the same thing. And then he was like, wait a minute.
0: All this is just and, fooling. And then the shadow rushed him and got him because it used the old <laughs> trick from cartoons. The old cartoons. mirror trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways,
1: um, so that's that's the going, the going theory for this thing. Yeah. But of course, may, it may not be that. It yeah. could be just a straight up Sasquatch or a Yeti type creature. Yeah. It's rare and elusive.
0: Like a uh, European uh, woodsman. Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. is something that's been um discussed and chronicled since the thirteenth century. That that is is commonly thought to believe maybe holdouts of a of, of, of a, a Neanderthal or some other human offshoot hmm. that were that were living in the dense forest and eventually um hunted to extinction or or died out on sure. their own. But it was I mean, there's there's seven hundred years of history of, of reports of these things.
1: And where are they going to live, if not the the most desolate and and extreme places? Yeah, driven and, further and further right, north. Yeah. Right. Another theory out there: it's a supernatural entity, or uh, some kind of guardian or gatekeeper to another world or dimension. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a spirit that guards the the uh, the place to travel between worlds. Uh, a, a spot that's used by or sacred to the she. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been put out there because it you know oh. pretty much tries to to get people away, keep people away from the spot. The top of the highest mountain in that area. Yeah, yeah. You know that's got to
0: have some significance. Why not?
1: It's got to be worth something. So what about the sounds of the the footsteps? Besides the 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 wildlife in the area, which apparently there is a lot. Not to mention a lot of stones. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, stones make noise, especially in in the snow. Precipitation, blood makes noise. Okay, and Suzanne
0: Vega, what? Suzanne Vegas, the song named "Blood Makes Noise." Oh. You
1: you know way more songs than I do. I don't. <laughs> I don't keep up with. Andy. I don't give a f-
0: moving. On. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I read something that said that that snow can apparently form uh, depressions due to precipitation and, uh, and then that, that could cause it to be, to crunch maybe if it's a, if it's a little bit icy or I read another thing that said the freezing of fresh footprints could cause a a crunching noise, Mm -hmm. which makes sense if someone hears it following
0: them and then when they stop, it stops, right. You know? And it's it happens at a slower rate, so it's not yeah. like it happens every footstep, exactly. Or if you're crunch, if you're breaking through the crust of snow, and you know you you break through it and step, and as you leave, you destabilize it more, and then maybe that snow falls behind you a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Like that's a there was one account that I heard that it was a a guy who realized because he was hearing when he would walk. He wouldn't hear anything, and then after he took a few steps, something started, hmm. and he'd stop, and it would go a few more steps and stop, and he realized what he was hearing was the water sloshing oh, yeah. in his canteen, <laughs> which I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but but that's again, you know, I said at the beginning of the episode that paradolia, like that 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 tiny you your brain in a, a, you know, it's it's there's nothing to see, it's just fog. Yeah. Um, your brain is going to reach for things. Your ears are going to reach for things to to make sense of, to create a pattern with. Right. And so, things that you would have disregarded instantly in a lot of other circumstances, your brain's going to latch onto that. You know. So it's. I think it's. I think it's very hard not to freak yourself out, not yeah. to hear something, not to, you know, to 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 be extra vigilant in that situation.
1: And that leads to the the feeling of dread that people get this is it's commonly associated with uh, a fear of the unknown like like we're talking about this blind panic yeah that that can grip a, a person's mind and, and lead them to irrational behavior or irrational thoughts and I mean it's just it's people working themselves up and I think they even they even call it like mountain mountain panic or, or something like that um, where people just, It's, it's this, this, you're in an unfamiliar territory. Yeah. A lot of times you're not seeing a lot, you know, and you're right. It's your brain just latches on to whatever it can.
0: When I was uh, 12, uh, my dad lived in Florida and I'm from Colorado, man. I don't, I, you know, I don't see water. I can't see the other side of, never happens in Colorado. (laughs) And so we went down to like Key Largo for a few days.
1: Montego. (laughs)
0: baby why why don't don't we we go go? uh so we went there and i was like oh this is so exciting and i uh i swam out into the ocean and i could see you know like i could see land and everything it's not like i was in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. but i got a similar feeling like a panic that no matter where i was looking i wasn't looking in the right direction And there was something in the water with me. Oh. And because, you know, like the wa- the sun was shining, so unless I put my head below the water, I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And so it was it was a kind of a similar thing. Like I had a limited field of vision and I just started to invent things. Like I kind of panicked myself and had to swim back in. And I I mean, obviously not the exact same thing, but I feel like it that's a similar reaction to an unfamiliar uh, environment.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I when I Spent some time in Florida in my youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, as a youth, my parents would uh, uh, to keep me from from going out too far in the ocean. They would tell me Jaws was there.
0: <laughs> oh, that'll so, fix it. <laughs> wow. So I did not want to go very far in the water. <laughs> no, I've God. If my parents had uttered the word Jaws, I would not. I mean, I'd seen the movie. My mom tells me some story about not being afraid of the Jaws from the Universal Studios tour, mm-hmm. but I was f***ing very afraid of Jaws, <laughs> and if, if anyone had even mentioned that, I would not have gone near the water. No yeah. way. No way. It works.
1: Oh, God. So, anyways, that for you, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen, is the grayman of Bang McD.
0: Bang McDoo.
1: For you I'm fairly amor oh. And that's that's it in a, in a yeah. misty Cold Cold m-
0: desolate nutshell Above timberline I don't know why I had to add that in yeah. I don't know how that applied So there you go
1: folks There you go Plan those holidays Yeah man Get out, get out there
0: Wait wait wait, wait, sh- wait, wait sh- sh- Shut up <laughs> Never mind it's...
1: Did you hear something? No no it's, it's oh, fine okay. I just wait wait Do you get the sense that something is staring at us with laser
0: eyes? I think it might actually have the eye of Sauron. (laughs) (laughs) You scared the shit out of me! You just scared the shit out of me! Oh no! You Holy shit, I totally jumped. You scared the hell out of me. You son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, well, since now I have to change my drawers, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the pole position on puns today. All
1: All
0: right. I've got um, uh, there was a, a recent problem with piracy. Specifically of of animated television shows, okay, and um, the problem is that uh, with two particular shows, the Venture Brothers and Pokemon, 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 uh, a specific character was being drawn wrong, uh, incorrectly. Who? Well, what it required was is someone to go in there and actually do a detailed accounting. Of of a specific character in each of those cartoons. Okay, what you ended up having it was a Brock Inspector, is <laughs> what you needed. This is Brock Samson, and then there a in... there's, a bro- there's a Brock and there's a
1: Brock there's a Brock and Pokemon.
0: I'm pretty sure I don't. Mm, all right, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a Brock, and I don't think could he be ever, a Team Brocket. I don't think he ever opens his eyes. I think that's his oh. thing. Hmm. Imger taught me that because okay. I'm too old mm. for Pokemon. I missed
1: yeah. it. I missed it. Ash, Pikachu,
0: mm. and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Floor, what do you got?
1: I I have a home furnishing store. It's it's a place of business. You can you can uh-huh. furnish your your place, but they specialize in all grays. You can you can do your your uh, home furnishing all all in different uh, shades of grays and stuff. Oh yeah, it's am fairly a decor.
0: Oh, I like that. That was really good. <laughs> do you know that um later on in its run about seasons five through seven of star trek the next generation oh. um there was an outreach program that was started by the actor who played Worf, michael dorn yeah yeah exactly and um and what he would do is he would you know he started he, you know he'd been doing the the circuits of the the star trek conventions and things like that and people would bring him gifts And at first, you know, he was like, oh, this is great. Thank you. But, like, where are you going to put them all? He was really accumulating these things. So he finally got this great idea to um, take all these gifts that he was getting, stuffed animals and toys and whatnot. And then he created a charity um, and he would re-gift these things. And it was called Karen Dorn. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, nice.
1: I didn't know where you were going with yeah. that.
0: Because <laughs> he cared. My uh, name is so Michael, Michael Doran. <laughs> wow. All right. Nice. Yeah, nice. You, you can thank your Star Trek Pez dispensers up there for that one. I, I shall. <laughs> Have you seen those? I shall as soon as you leave.
1: <laughs> oh, Deanna I spent spend five minutes on data alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because he doesn't understand why I'm thanking him. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Um, all right, I'll round us out here. Uh I have got a Scottish scrapbooking service. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's called Bane There McDoon That. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's the win. This episode to you, David Flora. Well fing played. Bain there, McDune that. that. That's brilliant. <laughs>
1: Uh, them's puns. Them. Them's puns. Unfortunately, we're not able to do listener mail this week because Dave had to leave town uh, on an emergency last minute. Everything's cool. It's it's uh, no big deal. But uh, we can't do any mail this week because of that. So we're going to get you a supplemental episode here in the next week or so. And uh, get all that listener mail out there. Uh, send us your puns, show suggestions, comments, questions, observations, Favorite recipes. Dirty limericks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. I will stuff. not tolerate a clean limerick.
1: <laughs> also, if you know of any repositories where Grayman stories are told, oh, yeah. send those to us on blurryphotos.org. Go to the contact page and send it to us from there. Yeah. Hey, while you're on there, check out the chicklets that let <laughs> you go to Facebook to like our page. Let you go to YouTube to subscribe to YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. Let you go to stumble upon and stumblesome on us, yeah, let you go to iTunes, subscribe Five to our r s s feed, uh all that stuff, also, hey, there's a donate button on that site, whoa,
0: and it works, <laughs> yes, it does, and we are quite impressed with it, and we are quite impressed with you so so, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we are we are building a machine of pure malice and magnificence, and uh, we need your money to help build it. <laughs> so if you want to be on the good list, the people we spare in our <laughs> in our coming homebrew apocalypse. Our, yeah. Homebrew
1: home brew <laughs> apocalypse. That's, I, I don't think we can use that. I think that's the first album of Icequake. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't know those
0: dirty Swedes, anybody. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, okay. if, uh, if, if you're feeling froggy, go on and click that donate button and, yeah. and help us out Have a couple of drinks first. <laughs> it helps us all out. Uh, and thank you so much to those who have, yes. we, we really do appreciate it. We'll you continue. Know, I do have a
0: question. If you donate, like we 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 try to be, uh, we try to be respectful of people's anonymity you know, we don't out. Anybody doesn't want to be sure. But if you, if you donate, um, and you want us to mention you on the podcast, we absolutely will. Uh, sure. I realized I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, "Well, you know, maybe some people were like, yeah." So, uh, if you donate, send us an email. We'll, we'll, uh, I've,
1: we'll a- yeah, if you want us to to give you a shout out.
0: What's What's the opposite of that section in Scott's magazine? <laughs> what's the opposite of <laughs> um Bonnie lads and lasses, ancient heroes of Scotland. That's it. <laughs> You'll become an ancient hero of Scotland. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, let us know. I mean, some people are like, no, just take it and shut the f*** up. Some people are all like, yeah, I gave you some money. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Say yeah. my name. Yeah. We'll do sure. whatever you want.
1: Why not? We are yeah. your puppets at that point. Right. You so. have bought and paid for us. Uh, anyways, thanks again for listening. Uh, keep uh, keep on keep it on, everybody. Do it. Please keep, keep it on. on. Keep it on. And Thank if, you for listening. And if you go to uh, the Gorms. Because of this episode, which uh-huh. some of you may be want yeah, to do, yeah, we've got some adventure tourists. Let us know, take By some pictures, well, share well. your
0: stories. That's right. Watch and, out for that hour Thoron, and uh, yeah, and get a tent with a window.
1: <laughs> Anyways, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I am David
0: M. Flora Moore, <laughs> and I am David. I heard the voice through the other doorway. Although I had never opened it, I was sure that it was the six-foot-tall man with wings of blackest iron. In his hands was held in one, a plum made of platinum, and the other, the head of a rabbit freshly murdered. I could tell with his each and every breath... <laughs> Stekko! Stekko! My last name is Stacco. American Podcast! Here comes Steckle and Floor ready to round up trouble in the GMORV. Oh no!
1: Here comes Rant and Rucksack Alex Jones on the floor rider! Let's
0: blow the lid off this. Whoa! Rant and Rucksack Alex Jones comes with six different combat action phrases. Let me try! Let's blow the lid off this. I've been telling you this for months. Buy my
1: water filter. Buy my water filter. My, my water filter! Buy my, my water filter! I think you broke...
0: Blurry photos...